Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 3 of Technically Yours Radio. Today's episode is a heavy one, but I also feel like it could be relief for someone listening right now. If you're from L.A. or Philly, a Lakers fan or a sports fan in general, this past Sunday was a bit much for all of us. I mean, the fact that I've seen or talked to grown men that I know personally be so open and fluid with their emotions just shows you how deep this hits people to their core. On the morning of January 26, 2020, in Calabasas, California, a helicopter crash took the lives of Kobe Bryant, a Lakers legend in his own right, who was 41, his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Gigi Bryant, and it also took the lives of quite a few others in this crash, John Carey and Alyssa Adabelli, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Mazer, and Ara Zabayan. And I do apologize if these names are incorrect, but I wanted to make sure that all of the victims were named because it's important to say all of their names. Although many of us are still in mourning, I also thought about a personal situation of mine and it triggered me on yesterday of how these families could have possibly heard about their loved ones passing via what I call the new news outlet, i.e. social media, before they were able to receive official and confirmed information. In 2012, September the 3rd to be exact, in the later part of the afternoon, between like about 3.30 and 3.47, I had quite a few missed phone calls and I had quite a few voicemails. So, you know, you debate, you're like, well, should I call back first or should I listen to the voicemail? So I decided to listen to one of the voicemails. It was actually the hospital where my father was staying in ICU. And they were just saying, hey, casually calm, like nothing was going on. Miss Smith, if you can give us a phone call back, it's in regards to your dad. We would greatly appreciate it. Boom. I said, okay, well, you know, let me go here because at this point it's in the later afternoon. Like I'm saying, I'm ready to go work out at the gym. So let me just go ahead and call back. So I called and the first time I was put on hold, then the second time somebody answered and I finally talked to one of the nurses and she immediately told me, oh, Miss Smith, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I immediately responded very quickly, excuse me? She said, you haven't talked to the doctor yet? I said, no, ma'am, I have not. And she kind of just got quiet for a few minutes. And she said, please hold and put me on hold. And of course I had hospital elevator music playing as I'm on hold. So I'm sitting up here, I'm not really registering and connecting stuff at this moment because I'm really in all transparency trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Finally, my dad's physician gets on the phone and, you know, says, how you doing today, Miss Smith? I'm like, I'm good. What's going on? You know, I'm kind of getting conflicting stories. I said, I got a voicemail to say to call. The doc, the nurse just told me something else. I was like, I just want to be clear to just make sure like, you know, it's not wrong information. So then the doctor proceeds to tell me, you know, that um, my dad had passed. So immediately in that moment, 
I'm not really the type of person to be very transparent. I'm not an emotional person. It takes a lot for me to cry. But in that moment, it was more so rage and anger that I was feeling because I told the doctor I was livid. I was like, your nurse assumed, and I made sure ass was capital, that I knew what was going on. And like, in a sense, it was at that moment, I was triggered and scarred for the rest of my life. Now, mind you, this happened eight years ago, but anytime anything for me personally is related to a physician or anybody calling about a family member or something like that, or getting updates or news about family, I am automatically triggered. Like this is just something that is just not going to go away. And I've even talked about it with my therapist. Cause I'm like, I, you know, you want to move on and you try to grow and you know, life goes on, but like there are certain memories when it comes to grief and death and passing of a loved one, especially a parent. And this one, like, I'm just like, and I told him very transparency. I'm like, I'm not going to never forget this. How I was told about how my father passed. I knew I was like, I'm never going to get over this because how I was told was that it was an assumption. And it takes me back into the story for of the Bryant, the Altabello, the Altabelli, excuse me, the Chester, the Mauser, and the Zabayan family. I can only imagine how, you know, they received news on social media first before receiving official confirmation. For me personally, if social media was really, really popping in 2012, I highly doubt I could deal with this type of scenario, you know, especially how I was told. So as I'm on Instagram on Sunday afternoon, you know, I'm scrolling and I'm just, I'm trying to process. I'm trying not to be triggered. I'm, it's a bunch of things that I'm thinking at this exact moment. And I'm scrolling and I'm looking on Therapy for Black Girls, which is an amazing, amazing platform. Please follow them. It's founded by Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. And, you know, she's the founder and host of Therapy for Black Girls. And I was sitting here just like, oh my gosh, I have to share this on my upcoming podcast because they had an amazing post that I felt like was very on time and so appropriate for it. So you can definitely check them out at therapyforblackgirls.com and you can see the post and it's so great. So I wanted to share that with you all because it's important. So here are four tips for self-care when the news is difficult. The first thing, unplug and filter. If you need to completely take a break from the news and all social media right now, it's okay. If you don't want to take a break, put some limits in place to help you filter. Don't watch videos, read from sources you trust, and only check in one or two times per day. Now, I'll be very honest. As soon as this news came, I literally was like, yep, got to get off Instagram, get off Twitter, because I'm more active on Twitter anyway. I was like, I turned off my TV. My mother called and she was just like, I'm calling to check on you just because, you know, I know you weren't a Lakers fan, but I know, you know, you respected Kobe and he wasn't that much older than you. And I was like, yeah, I'm depressed. Like that was my immediate statement. I was like, I need to just, I need a nap. I got to, I got to get away from this for a second. And it's so important that I did that in that moment to unplug and filter because unfortunately we are in a society where people want to constantly seek validation moments in moments of despair and grief as well. You have people on platforms 
showing photos of the crime scene. And I'm not talking about the journalists because that's a whole different conversation. I'm talking about people just for ill intent, showing the crash pictures. And I'm like, who the hell wants to see that? That is not respectful to his memory. That is not respectful to the families. And, you know, I automatically was like, this is some fuck shit. Like, I'm not, you know, trying to sit up here and watch that. So we got to go ahead and unplug and filter because nobody was trying to see that. But I will say this. I am grateful that at least the people I follow are quality people and nobody was retreating, retreating none of that. And I'm talking about on Twitter. You know, I, of course, I didn't see nothing on Instagram, but I'm just grateful that my following was not willing to succumb to that level. But the first tip, unplug and filter. Secondly, feel the feels. When something tragic happens, it's normal to have a variety of feelings, sadness, anger, despair, confusion, etc. All of these are okay and valid. Don't exhaust your energy trying to make sense of how you feel. Just allow yourself to feel it. So once again, going back to the situation with my dad, I was not in that moment trying to control that. Like I let it out. I screamed, you know, I called my mother. Like I couldn't even like get the words out because once again, like I had to ask my mother to call and confirm this information because I didn't want to believe it. And then just how everything happened, I was still like, yeah, no, this ain't no, this ain't real. Like, fuck this. I'm not trying to listen to them. Like, I need you to call and confirm. So she called my great aunt because she literally had left the hospital. Her, I believe it was my father's best friend, Uncle Jim, my sister's mom and my great aunt probably were there like an hour before he passed. So, you know, my great aunt called my mother to confirm and say, yeah, like, you know, Paul, which is my dad's name, did pass. But my point in saying that is that I allowed myself to feel all the feelings. And I've seen people on social say, oh, well, he was a celebrity. Like, who gives a fuck? And I'm being so honest when I say this. Who gives a fuck about the fact that he was a celebrity? He was a human. He was a person. He was people's idol. If you look at some of the players in the league today, people that are retired, other athletes in other arenas, business people that he inspired, you know, even think about his daughter, the athletes, the females that she inspired. I mean, and the rest of the, the coaches, Coach John. I mean, there's so many people that were inspired by all these people that were victims of this helicopter crash. So people are allowed to feel what they feel. And for you to say, and I'm not talking to you specifically, and I'm just saying people in general on social to victimize people for wanting to feel like, let them feel. If they want to cry, that's fine. If they want to be like, yo, I got to log off. Let them fucking log off. Like at the end of the day, and I mean, listen, I use profanity, don't get it twisted, but I'm just saying just from an emotional and a standpoint of just aligning with people and empathizing with them, like let people feel how they feel. You cannot control how somebody else feels about a situation that you know about as well. If they're going to feel, let them feel. I was literally checking on some of my homeboys, one of my big brothers, like, you know, people I know specifically that are either number one from LA or two, they are Lakers fans. Like I know a few diehards. So I knew when that news came out, I was like, no, nah, I got to check on y'all. Like I just know. And even just sending a text message, even just letting them process and not like really trying to, you know, do too much. Just let people feel how they feel. So feel the feels is tip number two. Tip number three, get support. Make plans to spend time with loved ones who are supportive. Make an appointment with your therapist or find a supportive online community. It's understandable that 
the news may be triggering for a lot of people and spending time with those who care can help. Listen, I already know my therapy appointment coming up this week. Listen, I automatically know the first thing my therapist is probably going to tell me, like, I know you probably feel triggered by how this event came out. And I'm going to be like, you damn right. It felt like my situation, not of my father's passing again, but how I found out like that is a real trigger. And you got to think about it from that perspective. Like people who are Lakers fans, they need support. You know, people who are from LA or from Philly too. Like I'm not going to forget his hometown, but they need support too. let people feel how they feel, which was tip number two and let them get the support they need. If they feel like that they want to bond with their Twitter followers or their Instagram followers and everybody is in a positive light and just talking about the good times and stuff like that, let them do that. Whatever it is that they need to do to feel like they need to get support, let them do that. If their online community is helping them, let that happen. If their therapist is doing so, let them happen. I just hope and pray that anybody, like I said, that I know personally is around people that support them and comfort them through this whole ordeal. Because in all honesty, this is just the beginning. Like you got to think his memorial service hasn't even happened yet. And I'm not jumping ahead. I'm just being hypothetical. His memorial service hasn't happened yet. Then when the Hall of Fame speech comes, I mean, there's just so much that is in tow with this process. And unfortunately, you know, family, friends, and fans are going to be yo-yoed and roller-coasted in this process, unfortunately. So it's important that, you know, people get support that they need. And that's tip number three. Number four, remember that grief is complicated. It may feel weird to express grief about someone or something that doesn't personally impact you, but it's actually normal. It's very likely that another loss in your life is being reactivated right now. Be gentle with yourself. Listen, baby, okay? I literally, last, like yesterday, I'm not going to say last night because I honestly couldn't sleep. I'll be very transparent. I could not sleep last night. Like to me, it was, for me personally, like I said, it's going back to social media and self-care and how to really deal with difficult news. Like it was a trigger for me. And I was like, I felt like, I was going through that process for me all over again. And I mean, it was, it fucked me up. Like I'm not even going to sit up here and lie and act like it didn't. I literally could not sleep last night. I literally had to, you know, um, take some herbal supplements. Cause you know, I'm natural for those that don't know I'm plant-based and stuff, that stuff. So I'm not taking like medicine. I'm, I'm taking herbal supplements to help me sleep. Cause at this point I'm just like, yeah, I, my nerves are shot. I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm sitting up here trying to drink water. I try to drink, you know, warm coconut milk. I try to make me a hot latte. Like none of that was working. I was like, I got to take something because this is not helping me. But like the tip said, it reactivated something for me. Um, and that was the loss of my dad just because of how I found out. And but at the same time, I felt like I could equate that to so many other losses that I've had over time, too. And even I can say like the public ones, like even when Michael Jackson passed, like when Whitney Houston passed, like when Prince passed, you know, like, oh God, like it's, it's so many other, I'll say celebrity type-esque humans, because they are still humans and people at the end of the day. And it did feel like it like all over again, like it was crazy. So I didn't feel weird about it. I just immediately was like, yeah, like this is going to be hard for a lot of people to get through. And I was specifically in this moment also thinking like, I had to make sure 
that I don't regrieve my dad all over again because I felt like I was triggered and it felt like eight years ago in a quick flash for me personally all over again. And it was a lot to deal with. And, you know, I'll even read the caption from Therapy for Black Girls because I think this is so important, so important in this moment, rather. You're not alone in your grief related to Kobe Bryant, his beautiful daughter, Gigi, and, you know, the other survivors. This is very difficult news to comprehend. Remember to be gentle with yourself today. I definitely remembered in that moment when all this happened, when I went to sleep last night and when I woke up, this morning. And even when I recorded this episode, Chris, be gentle with yourself because this is reactivating this loss and how you found out all over again. And I wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, I was kinder and gentler to myself. So once again, this post and these tips are from Therapy for Black Girls, which is founded by the amazing Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. She is the founder and host of Therapy for Black Girls. You can check out more of their resources and information at therapyforblackgirls.com. And you can follow them on Instagram and I believe all other social platforms, Therapy for Black Girls. But please check out this Instagram post because it is so, so important. I shared a snippet of my father's passing and how I found out in my Instagram stories yesterday, just because in all honesty, I felt triggered by the entire event, especially finding out on social media first before official communication came in. And it honestly took me back to September 3rd, 2012, when my dad passed all over again. And I got some great feedback from people like, oh my God, I never knew that that happened. You know, one of my big brothers from back home was like, I teared up reading this. I haven't shared this with many people. There are quite a few people in my life personally that know this. And I mean, that is a very small number. Of course, my mother knows because, you know, we had that conversation. My best friend from back home, she knows. And I believe if I'm correct, one of my cousins, I told, I believe I told my cousin, Angie, if I'm correct, like those are the only three people I've never shared this information publicly. So for me, this was a lot. It was very therapeutic. But like I said, it took me back to September 3rd, 2012, all over again. We're in a society where social media is replacing the news, but there are plenty of ways to focus on self-care, even when the news becomes difficult. I am personally sending my thoughts, prayers, and love to the Bryant family, especially his wife, Vanessa. Like I woke up the next day and my heart ached for her and also her remaining three daughters, Natalia. Bianca, and Capri. As a fellow daddy's girl, I can't even imagine losing my dad at such a young age. I was 30. It literally was the year I turned 30 when my dad passed. So God forbid, if my dad had passed when I was any of their ages, I really don't know how functional I would have been in this moment as an adult because I couldn't even fathom and I couldn't even, you know, I can't even empathize. Like it's, it's heartbreaking for me. I'm also sending thoughts and love as well to the Altabelli family, the Chester family, the Mauser family, and the Zabayan family. And I do apologize if I am pronouncing people's names incorrect. I just want to give reverence because those were family members and people who lost their loved ones as well. I'm also sending my love and thoughts and prayers to the city of brotherly love, aka Philly. I'm sending love to the Los Angeles community, the Lakers franchise team and players 
the NBA players, the NBA franchises, the Lakers fans, and fans of Kobe and Gigi worldwide. It's amazing when somebody has lived such a great life and how their impact reaches beyond the sport that they played. You know, everybody looked at Kobe like, yeah, we looked at the athlete, but this next chapter for him looks so promising. He was excited if you watched previous interviews that he's had talking about storytelling and how being authentic and how he's really excited about family time and spending time with his daughters and, you know, just the investments and the business deals that he's been making. He's a proud parent in these interviews and it's so electric to see. Everyone, including myself, felt like Kobe was immortal in a sense. To have his life end this way is definitely tragic. But I'm just glad and grateful that he was able to live his life how he wanted, as a champion and as a family man. This was such a tragic day and a tragic moment in our lifetime. But let's remember to keep the memories and the good times and the positive things about all these victims alive because they will want us to do so. If you like what I'm doing, be sure to follow me on social media at The Black Techie. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and download the episode on various podcast platforms. And as always, I'm technically yours. Peace. Peace.